you have heard that it was said, you must love your neighbors and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who harass you, so that you will be acting as children of your Father in heaven. He makes the sun rise on both the evil and the good and sends rain on both the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love only those who love you, what reward do you have? Don't even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing? Don't even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore, just as your heavenly Father is complete in showing love to everyone, you also must be complete. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in prayer. Holy One, we thank you for bringing us to this place in this beautiful day. We thank you for the sounds of the birds and the bugs and the plains. And we thank you for the breeze of your Holy Spirit that, uh, that blows upon us. We ask that you would help us to hear your word to us anew this morning. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, happy 4th of July, everybody. Uh, it's rare that we get to do this on a Sunday. I hope you all have fun plans for the weekend involving fireworks or barbecue or yard work because this is the American way. And if you've got nothing going on, you can talk to me. We'll find a way to celebrate together because I believe it's good to take every opportunity we've been given to rejoice with others since this helps us to grow radical kinship in Christ. For as the psalmist declares, how good and pleasant it is when friends and family live together in unity. It's like, it's like oil from a juicy burger dripping down over your beard on a hot summer's day. Like ketchup or mayo falling on your t-shirt. It's like watermelon drops sprinkling onto your shorts and sandals. Mmm, the 4th of July. I found that I prefer, I prefer to call it the 4th of July rather than Independence Day. I don't know if you thought about the difference. For me, for one thing, uh, Juneteenth is also called Independence Day now, so that's confusing. But I also notice that what I value about this holiday, in part, is the way it brings people together. It builds a sense of national unity, which I would characterize as interdependence rather than independence. The distinction is an important one uh, in Christian faith, and I think the language we use matters, so I'm going to take a couple more minutes to explain. You see, independence can be seen as a destructive tendency that we sometimes have to want to go it alone, to separate yourselves from others so that you don't really have to rely on anyone other than yourself. It's the Lone Ranger mentality, the false narrative of the self-made man or woman. Independence, often it often begins with good intentions. A little bit of self-reliance is a good thing. A sense of autonomy is also healthy. But full independence, as in not dependent, well, that's simply a lie. When we pay close attention to the stories of others, we start to realize that no one really pulls themselves up by their bootstraps. Everyone depends to some degree or another on other people in order to survive and thrive. No man is an island, is one popular way of talking about this. In Scripture, likewise, we're told that from the very beginning, God said it is not good for human beings to be alone. 
Life is good and pleasant when we're in it together, not when we're independent. So we must lean on each other and above all, rely on God. As Christians, we believe that independence from God also is a path to destruction. So when I pray for our particular nation, I pray that God would guard us against the false ideal of rugged individualism that's so much a part of the American psyche. For the sake of our country, we must work not towards independence, but interdependence, a society in which we love and care for one another. And it seems to me like this is a good thing to try to work on on the 4th of July. Let's make interdependence a part of the American way. It can be as simple, I think, as inviting other people over for the big party, making sure everyone is included in the celebration, leaving no one out. That would make for a good national interdependence day. Where it gets more challenging, maybe, though, is, is then on the communal level. As individuals, I hope it's, it's relatively easy to invite others over for a barbecue. The problem, then, is when we're trying to get different families and communities to come together, because uh, that's sometimes when the fireworks start, right? Because aunt so-and-so doesn't always get along with cousin, what's his name, and uh, none of them like the guy down the street who's always talking about how his grill is better than everybody else's grill. This is why eventually most people end up with guest lists of people who are fairly similar to themselves. It's just easier. And there can be unity, great unity, within that group. Maybe everyone brings different things to contribute to the barbecue, but that group is still separate and independent from other groups. It's similar on the level of nations. This is sometimes how national borders get drawn, too. One large group of people, like maybe like the early American colonies, they say to a larger group, we don't want to be part of you anymore. And then through a process of separation that, unfortunately, often there's a lot of bloodshed and enmity, each side claims to be better than the other. We're the best. No, we're the best. USA. USA. Is that what the 4th of July is all about? If that were the case, I don't think God would be particularly pleased with our celebrations. After all, we know that God loves other people and other countries too. We're all God's children. And who likes it when their children fight with each other? Nobody. This is one reason that Jesus called us to love not just our friends and our neighbors, but those in other groups as well, even, even our enemies. Love your enemies and pray for those who harass you, Jesus said to us in the Sermon on the Mount. We must love everybody because God loves everybody, as in people at other barbecues and people in other nations, even the ones that hate us. So what might that look like on the 4th of July? Is it possible to both love our neighbors and love our country, and follow Jesus in loving the rest of the world too? I, for one, think it is. It just takes some careful discernment and maybe some intentionality, like distinguishing between independence and interdependence, as I've been trying to do today. Just because we love our country doesn't mean that we have to go it alone. We don't have to be isolationists. 
Maybe true patriotism highlights the ways we connect and cooperate with other countries around the world. Maybe we can make this a day to seek international reconciliation and work on goals that support God's people everywhere. Like addressing climate change or reducing nuclear weapons stockpiles. Maybe we can encourage American participation in the United Nations and support efforts to alleviate poverty in other parts of the globe. This, too, could be the American way. And when our compatriots say that we should put America first, perhaps we as Christians could claim a higher calling. How Jesus told us to seek first God's kingdom and its righteousness. And that if we do that, America will be blessed as well. I think another way to think about it is that in Christ Jesus, we have been set free also from being not just the only country of God, but the best. That's another part of patriotism that can be problematic sometimes, excessive pride. People sometimes assume that loving our country means claiming that it's the best at everything. As in, America's the best country in the world. We're the best. We're the greatest. We're number one. But that's simply not true in a lot of ways. And the myth of American exceptionalism causes a lot of damage. For example, Ibram X. Kendi in his book, Stamped from the Beginning, he explains how the early Greeks uh, also thought that their country was the best. They, they justified enslaving other peoples who they thought to be inferior to the Greek empire. And every empire since then has done the same. The Romans, the British, the Nazis, you name it. They all assumed that they were better than everyone else. Therefore, they should be in charge. In our country, this ideology has sometimes allowed Americans to look down on immigrants and people of color, anyone who's come from a place that wasn't thought to be as good as the United States or Europe. And of course, we know we've sometimes justified wars this way too, by claiming that we are exceptional, that we're the best. But if empires throughout history have had the same belief that they were the exceptional ones, that they were the best, then I guess we're not all that different. The idea of American exceptionalism itself is rather unexceptional. It's just another common lie like that of independence. So I believe there's something very unpatriotic about this ideology because patriotism is about love of country and there's nothing loving about perpetuating a lie. When you love something or you love someone, it's not because you believe it's perfect or because you think it's the best in all things. It's because you're committed to it in spite of its flaws. Even though maybe it's not always the best. In baptism, likewise, we affirm that that's, that's how God loves us. Unconditionally. Not because we're perfect. But simply because we are God's children. And so in Christ Jesus, we are free to admit our flaws, as well as the flaws of our country. We don't have to, to be the best in order to earn God's love. We can be honest with God and with one another about our faults 
And this too is patriotism. Love of country. Maybe even the best kind. Wouldn't this be another, be another great way to celebrate the 4th of July? To simply tell the truth about America? To name and celebrate both the, way, both the things that we love and the things that we hope God will improve? To admit that we're not perfect or even necessarily exceptional, but that God loves us anyway and God isn't finished with us yet. And thank God that we're not on our own in this world, but we can and do depend on other peoples. So I'm celebrating today that our past does not have to define our future. America may have failed to separate itself from the false doctrine of national superiority, but it's not too late for us to learn a different way. And in some ways, I think we already have. For instance, I love that Super Bowl ad this year with Will Ferrell. Did you see that one? Where they were making fun of the fact that uh, Norway is beating us in electric vehicles. Apparently, we're not the best in alternative energy. But we're coming for you, Norway. And even if we don't catch up, we've still got Will Ferrell. This, too, is the American way. That's the joy of the 4th of July. You see, it's possible to have some pride in our home place, our native land, without putting ourselves first or claiming to be the best in ways that we're not. We can love ourselves as well as our neighbors with grace. And loving our enemies doesn't diminish us either because God has enough love for everybody So I got an activity for you this morning. I hope you'll join in. The artwork from last Sunday about the New Jerusalem, that was beautiful. It was really wonderful. I want to keep doing more of that kind of thing. Um, I collected the adult work, and then I saw the kids' work. The kids did way better, by the way. Their art was better than your art. I'm sorry. Uh, but don't let you get that down. I mean, children get a lot more practice with art than adults, right? So it's only fair that theirs would be better. And besides, our art doesn't have to be the best. In order to be loved? And fortunately, today's activity doesn't require drawing anyway. I just, I, I, hopefully you've got a pink, uh, pink index card. I invite you to simply write down a few things that you are grateful for about our country today on that index card. There's some extra pens on the chair over there. And then I'm going to collect them and I'm going to use some of those gratitudes in, in the prayer during communion. And as we share in patriotic gratitude today, I hope, we, I hope we can do it without claiming to be the best or better than other countries. Because again, it may simply not be true. For example, one thing I love about our country is its diversity, the diversity of the people, the diversity of the landscape. But having traveled in some other places around the world, I found diversity there too. Sometimes more of it. So I can be grateful for our diversity while still recognizing that it's not necessarily the best. Maybe it could be better. And I'm grateful that we're learning how to embrace more diversity over time. This is a hope as well as a gratitude that I have on the 4th of July. Hopefully that makes sense. I'll add a few more examples while you write to get you thinking. I'm grateful today that we have, we have some protections in our country. Laws against corruption, for instance. They could be better, but what we have is good. 
And I'm grateful for public schools. You know, not all countries have public schools. I love that we have so much open space in this country, parks and public lands. I appreciate our social security system, flawed as it is. And I'm grateful that we have a mostly democratic form of government, mostly democratic. So how about you? What are you grateful for today? Hot dogs, baseball, peanut butter. Praise God today that we have been given a good country to live in and to love. Maybe not the best country, certainly not the only decent country among God's people, but praise God that we also live in an, in, in an increasingly interconnected and interdependent world where all of God's children are learning how to love neighbors and even love enemies with the radical kinship of Christ. May the Holy Spirit expand our love in all directions this holiday weekend. And may God bless America with humility and justice and joy. Amen?